Welcome to the Brand Ambassadors, your wide-angle look at the field of PR and what it means for your company. Your host is Merritt Hamilton Allen with co-host Gary Potterfield. Every firm has a compelling narrative that sets them apart from the crowd. In your company, you can use your own background and storytelling to your advantage as well as that of your business. Now, here are your hosts, Merritt Hamilton Allen and Gary Potterfield. Good morning and welcome to the Brand Ambassadors. I'm Merritt Hamilton Allen, joined by Gary Potterfield. Gary, it's good seeing you this week. Yeah, we we get to do that once a month or so, maybe. Yeah, yeah, although I'm, I'm kind of glad we're going back to um, just a, a very basic PR topic uh, after all we did this week, it seemed like, was recruiting contracts and money. Those things uh, kind of come in handy, however. Oh, yeah, I mean, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. But uh, I'm really excited. It, it, well, it's great that we know um, two independent newspaper publishers, and that's what we're going to be talking about today. Uh and these are two uh, independent newspapers that have started uh, or been, you know, ongoing in in recent times. And uh, why um, journalists would decide to go on their own as uh, the media industry becomes more and more vertically integrated. I mean, it seems like there are only two or three uh, newspaper companies uh, left in the country, Gannett, uh, Denver Post, and... Uh, Oh, the LA Times folks. Folks are folks who ever bought, who just bought LA Times. I mean, we've got three massive newspaper conglomerates. We've got the huge um, uh, influencer papers like Wall Street Journal, New York Times, Washington Post. Uh, and then a lot of the major uh, metro papers in uh, the, the secondary cities are being picked up uh, by, these, by these networks. Well, the whole newspaper business is just, I mean, young people today, I don't think, would have any, they have no concept of the way it was um, maybe 20 years ago. And um, so the idea that there are actually people who are putting out newspapers is, is just a fascinating topic, that someone would go do that. What do you mean you're going to start a newspaper? That's not what we do in the in, the, in this century. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But I, I do think um, newspaper is almost just um, a, a term for uh, content. And to me, it's the most basic of all of our media content. Uh, newspapers are absolutely online. They can incorporate uh, video and audio uh, into their uh, web presence. But, you know, the news and media, it all starts with words. It starts with a script. It starts with a description of this is what happened. And I think um, a newspaper is the most... Uh, uh, basic and central of this craft. Yeah, and um, um, for me personally, I think that uh, you know it's it's kind of insidious the way um, I have personally kind of you know lost track a little bit of the of the newspaper as a as a you know an entity that says uh, I I I have a newspaper or we are a newspaper because again and we've talked about this in other episodes I mean for me you know I use an aggregator online and and uh, whether it's Google News or something else and then you kind of not even paying attention so much which is probably not a good thing as to this not uh, to the source um, so it's an interesting 
It's just one big blob of uh, there's a content out there and I'm not paying careful attention maybe to who's producing it. And if I'm and if there are things that are getting lost in the shuffle, think stories that aren't getting covered. And I'm sure and, and I know that there are um, and maybe we can talk about some of that today. Uh, absolutely. I th- think um, uh, the uh, and just the, the business of journalism um, has changed so much. I, I just in my own state uh, and actually in uh, Hampton Roads, we're seeing um, a, con- a conglomeration of newspapers. If there are two papers uh, close to each other, they're combining staffs. Uh, we've been seeing newsrooms shrink, and that's television, radio, uh, and newspaper for uh, the, the last 20 years. And I, so I think what's interesting about the independents is they absolutely re- rely on the advertising revenue, like um, the large conglomerates, but what they're—I think—what they're really banking on is their content. They're very specific. They're very targeted. They're very um, uh, locally focused content on uh, making them a preferred a preferred choice amongst all the information consumers have to choose from. You know, um, <clears throat> the the thing that I'm excited about about this this idea about a newspaper, local, very local newspaper. Uh, or papers, uh, you know. When, when I was young, you know, I was intrigued by. I came trying to remember the name of it. There was a there was a TV show that John Savage of all people, John Savage and um, um, what was his name? The other actor, an old guy. They had a TV show, um, and they were they were reporters and editors of a small town newspaper. And I was like, that is so cool. I wish I could do that. Um, and I, I don't know if that's. I don't know if that's the enthusiasm that young people have in journalism today, but uh, it really had me intrigued. And it was, I was more intrigued about the fact that it was a small town and they were like really getting to know the people and everything. It, uh, it, was, it was very romantic to me. I'll have to look up that and see what the name of that Don show was. Right. Oh, Kid right. Young does, was does, the actor. He was the other. Someone... Young was the other actor. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, no, does, I mean, does someone finish a journalism or communication degree today and say, you know, I want to be the digital advert, I want to be a digital advertising rep for Gannett? <laughs> right, right, yeah. Uh, so, do, do they have the bottle of they have like the bottle of uh, of cheap scotch in their drawer or bourbon in their drawer? It should be bourbon, I guess, in their drawer. You know, like the, with a cigar and all that kind of good stuff. Oh, for no, for no, for millennials, that would be um, it. Would be a micro vodka, a micro distillery vodka, and a vape. <laughs> Golly, what what has happened? <laughs> what has happened? Um, so yeah, so what is the state of journalism? We're gonna, I don't know what we're going to find out exactly about that, but I'm just fascinated by the idea and this is great that, uh, that there are still people that, um, that there are people that want to start, you know, local, uh, publications, local newspapers, and that there is an audience for it. Well, we'll find out if there's an audience for it. I certainly think that there is, um, and, and it's interesting to hear about how that and how you do it today. You can't do it exactly, I guess, today as you did 30 years ago. Right, right. But um, I, I think some of uh, the elements of uh, news gathering and storytelling still matter. You know, certainly, I think in today's shorter attention span, your lead is vital and your lead goes everywhere. Yeah, and then you get you gotta make sure you come. I wonder, I, I wonder if how much they people think about you know doing uh, keyword searches to know, you know that that does the keyword search uh, determine a little bit about what the headline looks like and all that kind of stuff. It's just so different now. 
Right. Right. Well, um, before I go to break, let's talk a little bit about our guests. Um, I have the luxury of knowing both of our guests. Uh, you only know one. So, Gary, why don't you t- uh, uh, tell our listeners uh, about uh, John Doucette uh, sure. uh, and uh, what we'll be talking about with him? Well, uh, uh, John uh, had uh, some, some of the same background as we ha- as I had in, in, in joining the Navy and becoming a journalist in the Navy. Um, and uh, I think that had stuck with him for his whole life about you know, he's going to pursue that. And so then he uh, becomes a reporter uh, for, for newspapers in New York and Virginia and Virginia, the Virginian pilot specifically. And that's where we snagged him. And he was a Vox Optima uh, guy for a while and uh, really doing a great job supporting a client by by doing uh, a media simulation of newspapers and such. And then uh, right. And then- training, training, uh, training battle groups, how how the media works. Right. What a great benefit that is to, the, to, to have somebody who knows both sides of it and can teach that. And then he went back to and then and then, of course, has gone uh, back to his roots in that regard in terms of um, <clears throat> in terms of starting up a newspaper, which uh, what a wonderful idea that, that, you know, Princess Anne Independent. And so we're looking forward and down in Virginia Beach, we're looking forward to talking to John. So over to you, Merritt. Yeah, and well, and um, I just, uh, uh, I, I, when he shared with me uh, a few years ago, he was teaching at Old Dominion uh, and then uh, sent me a note and said, hey, I'd, li- I'd like to run something by you. I think I'm going to uh, uh, write a, um, I think I'm going to start an independent newspaper. And the first thing I asked him was, how much money did you borrow? <laughs> uh, uh, so he's living the dream, or he's that's, living the nightmare. My... We'll we'll find out if it's the dream or the nightmare, or maybe a little of both. When John's on on the call with us, right? And then and we're also talking with uh, Leota Harriman, who is the uh, publisher of the East Mountain Independent. Um, that's published uh, in Edgewood, New Mexico, and it covers really uh, the whole East Mountain area. And that's actually a pretty massive uh, area covering three counties. Uh, three or four, actually three or four counties uh, 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 in New Mexico. Uh, she is a, a one-woman shop. Uh, I've uh, had the pleasure of uh, advertising with her and uh, dropping off my ad copy on Tuesday, which is her publishing day. And I don't know. I don't know when she goes home. Uh, she is always at a community event, either uh, promoting her paper or covering it or both, uh, and then uh, putting together all the copy, laying it out, getting it printed, doing the distribution. That's what independent newspaper uh, uh, ownership is about these days, and uh, I, I find, it fasc- uh, find it fascinating, and uh, it's intimidating, too. Week after week after week, you got to put out your paper, Yeah, but and, they there's, don't get- and there's no... Go ahead. Yeah. No, I was going to say that it's, but they don't get to lay it out the old-fashioned way. You know, where's the where's where's the rubber cement or the glue or whatever it is, and you know, laying out and and worrying about letting and all that kind of good stuff. Doggone it! They virtually do that today. I think letting still matters somewhere. Somewhere or another. <laughs> I wonder if journalism even talks about that anymore. They even talk about fonts well, no, and I, stuff like that. Well, it still comes up in Microsoft Word. There you go. Yeah, if you um, if you pick special options, <clears throat> right? So I wonder. <clears throat> so we've got two uh, terrific folks who we're going to talk to regarding um, independent newspapers. You know, it's interesting too that both of them have the word "independent" in their name and the in the name of the right. Papers. 
So right, uh, and um, what what if you've got it? Um, why don't you just give the uh, web address of John's paper? I've got um, East Mountain Independent is just quite simply Edgewood.news uh, for our listeners to check out. And uh, John's paper, the Prince, <clears throat> the Prince, Princess Anne uh, Independent is Princess Anne Indy, I-N-D-Y dot com. Princess Anne dot com. So, uh, so we've got two two great independent newspapers, very local, uh, talking about great local issues. We'll find out because uh, we're going to be talking to both of them um, in in just a few minutes. Again, we're going to be talking with our our two guests, Leota Harriman and John Doucette, and uh, that's going to be on the Brand Ambassadors, and we'll be talking with them in just a couple of minutes. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. When business people think PR, they usually think spin. Good, bad, or indifferent. But spin without a strategy gets you nowhere but lighter in the wallet. At Vox Optima, our outcome-based communication is about results, not the ride. You're focused on your bottom-line goals, and so are we. From strategic planning to creative design and production, Vox Optima has experts ready to support your requirements today. Also look to Vox Optima for crisis communication, media training, and issue management. Vox Optima is a service-disabled veteran and a woman-owned business with consultants working from coast to coast. Vox Optima ties PR strategy and every last communication product to what your organization needs to be successful. At Vox Optima, you won't be spinning your wheels. You'll be getting results. Strategy, not spin. To make our results work for you, visit VoxOptima.com. That's VoxOptima.com. Are you a business leader or executive that wants to achieve more? Not just in it for profit, but to do work you find meaningful that adds more value to more people in more ways. Listen for the Business Elevation Show with host Chris Cooper. You'll hear from successful achievers from around the world with the passion and experience to offer invaluable guidance. The Business Elevation Show can be heard live on Fridays at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time, usually 4 p.m. U.K., on the Voice America Business Channel. Be more. Achieve more. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. are listening to the brand ambassadors to reach our program today please call in to 1-866-472-5790 that's 1-866-472-5790 or send an email with questions or comments to brand.ambassadors at voxoptima.com now back to this week's program Welcome back to the Brand Ambassadors. I'm Merritt Allen, joined by co-host Gary Potterfield. And we have uh, joining us today, Leota Harriman, the publisher of The Independent, uh, an independent newspaper uh, serving the East Mountain area of uh, New Mexico. Leota, thanks so much for joining us this early, early hour. 
<laughs> Hi, Merritt. Nice to be with you. Well, I mean, not really with, with me. You're several miles down the road because this is pretty early. <laughs> right. Uh, but vir- virtually virtually together is awesome. Uh, but just to get started, tell us the story of The Independent. How did you get into this? Um, I actually got into it through apprenticeship. I was um, I had always wanted to be a writer and... Uh, uh, one day I realized that I've been writing since I was about 10, and I thought, well, then I already am a writer, so maybe I could be a professional writer. And I started freelancing. I was working at Subway, actually, at the time, uh, to make ends meet. And um, uh, so one day I got a call saying, hey, do you want a job at the paper? And I said, sure. And the editor said, well, you know what the job is yet? And I said, oh, well, I don't care. I'm working at Subway, you know, uh, so any job is, is good. So I took the job and uh, sort of worked my way up through the through the newspaper and did everything along the way. Um, and then several years into that, um, at that point, I was the assistant editor. And it's a very small operation, so it's not like we had layers of, um, you know, people or anything like that, but... Uh, we had an employee buyout, and there were four people initially. I was one of the four and the, and the biggest shareholder. And um, in the days and years since then, it's uh, come down to only me. Um, so it was, it was almost by accident, in a way, that you know, I didn't set out to start a newspaper or own a newspaper. Um, but now that I do, I'm, I'm pretty jazzed about it and, and pretty excited about doing it. And so it was, a maybe an unusual way to get there, but I love that journalism and newspapers in particular are still a place where apprenticeship is a viable path to, to do it. I think that's really, that's really awesome. Well, that's terrific. And, uh, we are fortunate to have, uh, another, publisher of a newspaper, John Doucette's joined us. Uh, John, welcome to the show. Uh, hello, good to be here. Great to talk to you, John. I haven't talked to you in a good long time. So we uh, were talking to Leota about how she got the idea, how she got started uh, with The Independent, her paper in, in New Mexico. Uh, why don't you give uh, the story of uh, The Princess and Independent and how you decided to get that started, John? Sure. Uh, so I had... Uh left a previous job and had been teaching um, at a college in Norfolk. And uh, I, I kind of uh, started freelance writing again. Uh, this is uh, probably late 2014 when I really started thinking about this. And I am a, a kind of a journeyman type reporter and sometimes a public relations person. I've worked at uh, mid-sized metro papers some small papers and done uh, quite a bit of freelance writing over the years. And um, as I got older, you know, it becomes a lot harder to remain in the newspaper business uh, when you are of a certain salary range. So I found it was uh, probably be hard for me to return to the newspaper, but I really missed the work. And uh, it just happened that my wife and I moved uh, to a rural area in Virginia Beach called Pungo that this was, um, it, as it turned out, a very good area to start a community newspaper. And uh, the, the, to make a long story short, I basically 
I'm a risk averse person, but it just, uh, just seemed like too perfect a situation to pass up. And I really missed the work and we thought at the time that we could afford it. And so we started a newspaper in, uh, kind of a largely rural, but also suburban area of Virginia beach. So I, what, I, what I kind of love about the stories of both the Princess and Independent and the Independent is you're serving um, uh, uh, slightly more remote and rural populations um, out, of, out of a metro area. And uh, interestingly, also in recent weeks, you've seen the, uh, your, the major metro paper go through some major reorganization. Um, and in the case of the Independent, Leota, um, you're the only show in town now. How do you feel about that? <laughs> well, it's uh, it's both really good news for my newspaper and um, a little bit daunting. You know, to, to, it's a little bit of extra pressure. Uh, I feel an added responsibility um, to really make sure that we're doing it right because we are the only game in town, and you know, it's it's a little bit nerve wracking. It's only been a week since our competition went out of business owned by the Albuquerque Metro um, newspaper, the Albuquerque journal. Um, so it feels really great on, on one hand to be, to have, uh, you know, beaten them out. You know, <laughs> uh, That was always my plan when we, uh, when we bought the independent eight years ago uh, from the very beginning, my plan was to outlast the competition, and so that has just actually happened, and it and it feels great. I'm I'm excited about it. So, um, uh, uh, John, one question I had for you was regard to you. Know, you, you mentioned that you're risk averse, um, and yet you started up a newspaper. What, what were there any indicators that why that would be something that would be viable in and in, in what you yourself say is a rural area? What made you think that? What, did you do research to figure this out? How did you figure out this was a good idea? Well, so I think I need that's a, a, a remarkably. Uh, Good question, uh, and I think I need to answer it two ways. So uh, one thing is I actually did quite a bit of market research uh, before we launched, and uh, I, I worked uh, through the SCORE program, uh, which is from the uh, U.S. Small Business Administration, with a mentor because I, I don't really have the uh, kind of business background that would, would help me uh, launch this kind of publication. Um, so I did uh, kind of a large market study, did a large... You know, in my case, uh, I, I have a print newspaper. We are print first. All of our advertising is in print. So distribution was a huge part. And uh, uh, really, four months before we launched, a, a major part of what I did was business research, distribution research, where the restaurants are, where the people are. Um, I knew that part of the identity of the paper would be to serve rural communities, but we would also need areas... Um, for those who are familiar with Virginia Beach, there's kind of a second resort area called Sandbridge, which is uh, kind of the southern area beach for the city. Um, most people know the oceanfront, but Sandbridge is pretty spectacular. So I knew that would be part of our coverage area. And uh, so I did quite a bit of research, and we felt that this area had um, its own character. And, uh, you know, especially with the ties to the farming communities, which most people don't even know about in Virginia Beach, uh, you know, we felt that we could have a publication that really 
you know, was a voice for rural communities. So the second part of that uh, answer, I guess, is that um, I probably shouldn't have started, but I really, really wanted to. Uh, <laughs> we all know the challenges of print. Um, and part of it, you know, for me, was personal. I have uh, three young daughters uh, who had not really known me as uh, now three young daughters. They didn't really know me as a journalist. They just know me as someone who, uh, you know, worked in public relations and every now and then went to sea because I worked with the Navy. Uh, and I really identify as a journalist and I really love journalism. And uh, sometimes when people aren't giving you opportunities, you, I feel that you need to make your own. It's a great answer. Amen. Leota, um, before we go to uh, break, uh, just uh, one more question um, over to you. Uh, was the rural character of the independent something that appealed to you? And when you uh, 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 bought out the, the paper, was that something you were looking at as well? Absolutely. Um, I think that the rural and, you know, sort of suburban nature of the area is actually what makes us successful because we're doing the the day in and day out journalism of what's going on at the town council and and things like that where the bigger news outlets only come out to our area if somebody gets murdered or you know it's really big bad horrible news and so the just sort of the uh the day in day out stuff you know what are the what are the high school kids doing what's the what's the town council doing um you know what are the local zoning laws all of that sort of stuff that the bigger outlets would never touch that's our that's our bread and butter that's our that's our niche and because it's not covered by any major outlets it gives us space in it to exist so for oh go ahead no, you know, you I was going to say, yeah. just a quick follow-on. One thing I found, as an advertiser, um, uh, as an uh, advertiser, I think it's absolutely crucial to be able to, to, able to if you will, micro-target in a newspaper. Mm-hmm. Right. So our advertisers are, right. are aiming at this exact area, and yeah, that's absolutely. All right, and then. it's the area where you get lost in a major metro paper. We are coming up on, uh, on on a good time for a break, and um, we have plenty of things to talk about, about a just fascinating subject of, um, of uh, newspapers, small, small town or, or, or smallish uh, newspapers, and, uh, and, and, and so um, um, uh, we are talking with um, both Leota Harriman of The Independent in New Mexico and John Doucette of the Princess Anne Independent in Virginia. And uh, you're listening to the Brand Ambassadors. If you have a question for our guests, please give us a call at 866-472-5790 or send us an email at brand.ambassadors at voxoptima.com. And uh, we'll be back in just a couple of minutes. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. When business people think PR... 
They usually think spin, good, bad, or indifferent. But spin without a strategy gets you nowhere but lighter in the wallet. At Vox Optima, our outcome-based communication is about results, not the ride. You're focused on your bottom-line goals, and so are we. From strategic planning to creative design and production, Vox Optima has experts ready to support your requirements today. Also look to Vox Optima for crisis communication, media training, and issue management. Vox Optima is a service-disabled veteran and a woman-owned business with consultants working from coast to coast. Vox Optima ties PR strategy and every last communication product to what your organization needs to be successful. At Vox Optima, you won't be spinning your wheels. You'll be getting results. Strategy, not spin. To make our results work for you, visit VoxOptima.com. That's VoxOptima.com. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. are listening to the brand ambassadors to reach our program today please call in to 1-866-472-5790 that's 1-866-472-5790 or send an email with questions or comments to brand.ambassadors at voxoptima.com now back to this week's program welcome back <clears throat> welcome to the back brand- to the brand oh, ambassadors I went all over you. Go ahead, Merritt. You're on. That's okay. Um, and I, I messed. I don't even know who's supposed to bring us back. I completely. I'm so interested in our guests. I threw our rundown. I threw our rundown out the window. Yeah, I threw it out the window. Let's face it. You didn't have, um, you didn't have a paper rundown. Uh, Let's face it. Go for it. I did. I have it open. Go I for have it. it open. No. All right. So um, we're, ta- we're talking about local newspapers, and this is fascinating because we're on different sides of the country, but uh, we're, we're talking publishers with publishers of two independent papers, one in Hampton Roads, Virginia, which is uh, a sprawling uh, uh, metro and suburban and rural area in southeastern Virginia. And we're talking uh, uh, about the East Mountain Independent, which covers a sprawling yet possibly more sparsely populated uh, uh, area that's dominated by a metro paper that kind of that covers half the population of New Mexico and is uh, kind of statewide. And what I wanted to ask John Doucette of the Princess Anne Independent, how vital is the local 
news coverage, the local government coverage, uh, to your continued readership? That's a terrific question, and uh, it is a huge part of what we do uh, at the Independent News. And when I say we, it's a very small operation. It's largely myself and, and freelance writers. Uh, but uh, so our uh, area of the city is um, geographically and in some ways culturally different than other areas of uh, Virginia Beach, which is largely a suburb that has a resort attached to it. So the area that we cover is largely rural. Uh, so there's some major policy issues that affect farmers and uh, and people who live in rural sections who don't want to see a lot of development um, that we have covered, and we've covered them more aggressively than the mid-sized metro newspaper called the Virginian Pilot, which is kind of the dominant newsroom. So I found that especially when we have major uh, stories that we're covering um, uh, on agriculture issues or issues that directly affect um, this kind of specific aspect of Virginia Beach. We have amazing pickups on the stands. And we have a lot of uh, reader input, lots of letters to the editor. And, um, you know, we published a major column, uh, I mean, a very long column by a farmer um, who isn't really known for doing that sort of thing this year on a land preservation policy that was threatened by the city. And frankly, uh, this area just didn't have that outlet before we launched four years ago. And, uh, Sometimes uh, journalists, when they're doing their jobs well, give people things that they maybe didn't know they needed. And in our case, that's uh, kind of a mixture of coverage and advocacy for the farming community in Virginia Beach. So, uh, Leota, uh, and of course this obviously applies to John as well, but I'm, I'm fascinated by the idea that you can run these very, uh, you know, small staff newspapers. John was alluding to, you know, how, how the staff is very small and a lot of freelancers, but how do you, Leota, um, manage to cover the breadth of, of, of uh, local news uh, with a limited staff, and how does that work out? Well, um it's very exciting, obviously. I, I Frequently I joke around that the way I get it done is by denial. I just uh, <laughs> focus on the thing that's, that's right in front of me, and I, you know, put the 800,000 things that are not, you know, immediately in front of me at that moment uh, just out of my mind because it really is a gargantuan task, and as soon as you start to think about the whole of it, it, it gets daunting really fast. Um Having said that, we're a weekly newspaper, so that gives us a little bit of a little bit of slack uh, to be able to do the depth of coverage, which I think is the is really the bailiwick of newspapers. You know, we're not about sound, sound bites; we're about depth and uh, and really bringing understanding to the community. Um, I think the answer to the question is it's just stubborn determination. Somebody has to do it. Uh, I find myself in that position, and we just, you know, bowl through and do the best that we can. Um, I think the other and maybe less savory answer to that question is that we could really do it better if we had more resources. Um, and I and I always kind of feel like, gosh, I wish we could have done that a little bit better or talked to a couple of more sources or, you know, just so there's always that tension. Sure. Um, hey John, what about you? Just, I was going to ask John if if you could. Uh, you're, how how do you handle that same situation? How do I handle that same situation? Well, I guess yeah, the, Gary, uh, I have uh, ceaseless uh, resources, 
I just go to the big money pile in the backyard. And I get a well, there you go. Fill it up. No. Uh, so, yeah, obviously that's the, that absolutely is a huge issue. And, frankly, it's, it's an issue that isn't just affecting small operations. I mean, everybody is struggling for resources right now. Um, I was a longtime reporter at the Virginia Pilot uh, before I left to go into PR. And it, uh, I, I left in 2007, I believe, and that was just the beginning of kind of a series of just huge layoffs that, that were happening in the industry and at the paper. So really every media organization that is responsible, and, uh, and I think responsibility in media organizations is kind of a key thing that consumers should think about. But any uh, media organization that's responsible, that's going to your planning commission, that's going to your zoning board, that's going to city council, that's that's covering uh, crime, maybe in a way that's more than just reporting that a crime happened, um, these media organizations are struggling. So for me, uh, since we are fortunate in Hanson Rose that we have a, a good mid-sized metro newspaper, um, I deal with the fact that I don't have a lot of resources for coverage to kind of focus on things that I can do. So I try to focus on stories that aren't being reported, uh, specifically in my specific geographic area. And um, I try to do things, uh, you know, especially around election time, that maybe the pilot doesn't do the way they used to. So uh, I have a reporting specialty in campaign finance. It's always been an interest of mine, and I'm, I'm fairly good at it. So I tend to write a lot of campaign finance stories. Uh, the pilot, when I worked there, did these all the time, and they really don't do them anymore because they are time-consuming and uh, not exactly red meat in the way that readers like, but maybe uh, red meat in the way that reporters uh, in a role of being a watchdog should should do. And uh, another thing we do are, are really long questionnaires for candidates with really specific questions rather than kind of vague policy questions. I know my audience. I know my readers. I, I know what questions to ask the candidate who wants to be elected. I, I don't know if uh, there are specific things that that um, you all like in your, your coverage, but um, you know we we do try to be specific to what our readers are interested in, if that makes sense. And you know that's the way you make the most out of a little bit. Okay. I, I'd like to add no, that I think, a little bit. I think that makes. Go ahead. Um, I think. I'm sorry. Uh, if, if I can add to, onto that a little bit, what one of the things that we bring to the coverage of local campaign races is um, is an institutional memory that is lacking in you know the the major metros coverage of these same races. So, you know, we had a race for sheriff that included a guy that had been the sheriff previously, and and um, you know, you just you know who these people are. You know what they've been through before. You know the 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 seat. You know the position. You know the district. Um, and so we we bring a more robust knowledge base to the questions that we're asking these folks. And and I think that the readers really recognize that when we're when we're talking to local candidates that um, you know that we that we're familiar with this stuff and it's not. Uh, what I've heard called uh, drive-by journalism. You know, we're not <laughs> snapping a picture out the window as we go through town on the way to somewhere bigger. I love your phrase, drive-by journalism. That made me think so often uh, watching TV, when you're watching local TV news now, 
Um, it's a 25-year-old with an iPhone um, uh, who brought the camera uh, brought the camera with her to the site, set it up, has her script on the iPhone, and is trying to keep the live shot perfect. Um, and then uh, she's bundling up uh, uh, into the truck and moving on, uh, moving on to the next one. And I think that is very much how uh, we, we see some of the major metro uh, 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 coverage going, especially with constrained resources. And I think what's uh, very interesting in Hampton Roads um, and in Albuquerque, um, you've, you've got the perennial uh, regional-wide and economic-wide stories that the major metro papers always going to pick up on. Um, and it's very hard to uh, compete some of these uh, uh, more, inter- not more interesting, but really locally uh, vital stories. Uh, you know, we've got some really interesting things going on here in the East Mountains in both of our incorporated uh, uh, towns, which are, are quite small, but really interesting stuff that I think we'd never see the Albuquerque Journal really uh, follow through on. And, and then, John, in Hampton Roads, you've got two major metro papers that are merging. And you know, when I hear newspaper merger, I, I think newsroom layoff. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> That is a fair thought. Uh, so um, I, I will be speculating here. Is that okay, Mary? Of course. Um, With me, always speculate. Well, thank you. Thank you. Uh, so, yes, uh, so the Virginia Pilot, which is a, a newspaper on uh, what is kind of considered the south side of Hampton Roads, including cities like Norfolk, Chesapeake, Virginia Beach, and the Newport News uh, Daily Press, uh, which includes cities such as Hampton and uh, and uh, Newport News and uh, Williamsburg for people who like old-timey stuff. Uh, these uh, different newspapers uh, in, in the same geographic area, which is a major uh, metro area with more than one million people in it. So these were two separate newspapers until recently. Um, a media organization called Tronk, which is a real name, uh, purchased the Virginian Pilot. It already had the Daily Press <laughs> and... Uh, even though they have not said anything along the lines that these two historic newspapers in uh, southeastern Virginia will be coming one media organization, they effectively have the same parent. And recently, uh, Maria Porto, who was the executive editor of the Daily Press, has also been named the executive editor of the Virginian Pilot. So, uh, the big issue that career journalists are having right now is, do I get to stay at a newspaper until I retire? This is the sort of thing that happens. Right. Uh, I'm sorry, say again? I was say, no, that's great. We've got to uh, run to Brank. I want to pick up this thread. I hope you guys will come back for the fourth segment, because I'd like to pick up uh, pick up this thread on um, uh, you know the, the job prospects and kind of the business element of this. So hopefully we'll come back with both Leota and John. Uh, You're listening to The Brand Ambassadors. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. When business people think PR, they usually think spin, good, bad, or indifferent. But spin without a strategy gets you nowhere but lighter in the wallet. 
At Vox Optima, our outcome-based communication is about results, not the ride. You're focused on your bottom line goals, and so are we. From strategic planning to creative design and production, Vox Optima has experts ready to support your requirements today. Also look to Vox Optima for crisis communication, media training, and issue management. Vox Optima is a service-disabled veteran and a woman-owned business with consultants working from coast to coast. Vox Optima ties PR strategy and every last communication product to what your organization needs to be successful. At Vox Optima, you won't be spinning your wheels. You'll be getting results. Strategy, not spin. To make our results work for you, visit VoxOptima.com. That's VoxOptima.com. If you hear a dog barking or an angel singing, then you know that you are listening to Waking Up in America. Heard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific Time, Valerie Kirkard and all of her friends will bring you powerful and humorous discussions that raise thoughts and give you insight on how to live your life to its fullest potential. Adventure is always a must on Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific. Trends in global business are changing all the time. It used to only be worrying about your competitor across the street, but now that competitor may be across the world. On Global Business with Mahesh Joshi, we discuss the trends in global business, plus issues and solutions that business leaders face today. Each show is guaranteed to teach you something that you didn't know before about global business. Listen live every Wednesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the do you need directions to solid financial future? If so, the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with a roadmap to making smart money decisions in every area of your personal finances. Join Jordan every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern for the Money Answer Show on the Voice America Business Channel. Learn how and where to get the best deals on mortgages, cars, and insurance. Find out the best ways to save for college and retirement. Get out of debt, improve your credit rating, and save on your taxes. The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with great tips on investment opportunities in real estate, stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. are listening to the brand ambassadors to reach our program today please call in to 1-866-472-5790 that's 1-866-472-5790 or send an email with questions or comments to brand.ambassadors at voxoptima.com now back to this week's program Welcome back to the Brand Ambassadors. I'm Gary Potterfield, along with Merritt Hamilton Allen and our guests uh, today, uh, Leota Harriman of the uh, Independent in uh, newspaper in uh, New Mexico, and John Doucette of the Princess Anne Independent in Virginia. And uh, before the just before the break, John, we were talking uh, um, about the 
the state of uh, of employment in the industry uh, and the consolidation of newspapers. And you were talking about, um, you know, what, what that means uh, from your perspective. Why don't you uh, wrap that uh, discussion up? Oh, thanks, Gary. So uh, basically, uh, you know, the uh, Virginia Pilot, which is a newspaper in one part of southeastern Virginia, the Daily Press, uh, which is uh, in another uh, very close area in southeastern Virginia, are now owned by the same company. And that means if you're a business, you're looking at ways to avoid redundancies and uh, and potentially, although this has not been announced, uh, consolidating staff. Again, these two organizations are now sharing the same executive editor, which uh, suggests that they may be looking for areas to uh, to merge. Um, so a natural area in a good way, uh, I think, for our region is that the Virginia Pilot has a printing press. So now the Daily Press, which has been printing in Richmond, I hope, would come to Norfolk or really Virginia Beach and print here. And that actually might mean more work for the print press and, and potentially some jobs. The downside of it, of course, is that newsrooms are always an area where people look uh, to, to kind of cut costs. That means moving out kind of senior uh, journalists, people who've been in the business for 10 or 15, 20 years, and hiring more young people to uh, kind of cover local government, which, of course, uh, nothing against young people, but in general, they are terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you were a young person once, weren't you, John? I'm not sure. Maybe not. No, no, I I was not. I went directly from uh, 18 to 33. (laughs) Uh, and I just, if, if you're a teenager on John Doucette's lawn right now, get off. Leota, one thing uh, that you brought up early in the show that I think is a, a good pullback is you talked about the apprenticeship element. And uh, do you see... Um, uh, with the potential, I think, for expansion as the only newspaper covering the area, is that something you're looking at for the independent? Um, yes, absolutely. Um, I really like, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, I really like working with young people, especially high school students. Um, and I really like the idea of training somebody to the way that we want to do journalism in the independent so that you're not, and especially because we are such a small operation, um, it's in our, our pool of potential journalists is weak, let's say. Um, if I work with somebody, especially if they're younger, and train them the way I want them to do things, then it's, uh, I, I actually, I love that. Um, well, you know, it would be great to be able to say hire a really experienced and old reporter. That's not very viable for me. So it's more, it works out better to be able to, you know, take people and especially who are younger and and train them. I love doing that. So I'm I'm kind of on the opposite end of the spectrum. I want the teenagers on my yard. I love working with uh, with young people. This uh, makes me wonder, uh, to uh, John uh, and maybe both of you, but John, the um, do you find that the nature of journalism itself, the, the way the stories are put together, that the that the current the way things are in the world today in journalism, that they stylistically and maybe even in length and in, and in scope are are different than they used to be in the in the old days. Well, yes, uh, and 
I will answer this cautiously. I think maybe I was a little too facetious on my last answer. I certainly work with young writers, but in general, uh, I am hesitant to put a news story in the hands of a young reporter unless I know them very well. Um, I find that there's no shortage of people who want to write features. There's no shortage of people who want to write about themselves in first person. Um, I will tell you that I, as an editor, and as, uh, frankly, as a news consumer, value that kind of reporting less than I do news, um, which is why I tend to look when I do pay people to write for me, for folks with experience. I think uh, one of the challenges, and and, uh, I do uh, also teach uh, writing and journalism at a college here in the beach, Uh, what what I see a lot of is... uh, kind of a lack of depth and a focus on wanting to write about the self rather than the topic in writers. Um, I think that overall, uh, the trend that we've had with the online community is that we see a lot of uh, what's called aggregation, which is uh, rewriting the work of actual journalists in a uh, shorter, snappier way, whereas you don't have the expense of doing the reporting, but you get the benefit of the clicks. And then um, I just think in general, it's, it's just less less depth in what people are writing now. And so the challenge when I work with young reporters is to urge them to write about the topic, to write with depth, to do a great deal of reporting and to avoid opinion. I don't know if that's consistent with what um, others are seeing, but that's what I tend to see myself. Mm -hmm. I I would agree with that. I think the biggest thing that I see is an inability to uh, to take their own opinion out of a news story, which is sort of the critical job skill there, to be able to step back from your own opinion and report what what is there in spite of whatever you happen to believe. And that's the that's the place where I see with young and old alike writers is is a real inability to do that and to even recognize their own prejudices and things like that. That's the that's the challenge that I've got. Yeah, that that's where editing comes in. I I, I mean I do see it a lot and uh Frankly, you know, the, the kind of neat thing about us is we've been around almost four years now. In the first year, nobody really knew what the hell I was doing. I mean, they, nobody understood why I was starting paper. But I, I feel at the, the end of the first year, there was a lot of buy-in. Uh, we wrote some stories uh, on the pilot, which people, I think, liked. We uh, wrote about things in the community that had been written about before. I think, in general, people felt that the job that we were doing was fair. So that's when community uh, contributions started coming in, and that's where things can get a little bit dicey, uh, you know, especially given the administration that we have now where people have very strong feelings on both sides. And so part of what I do as an editor is you want to, you want to include voices from the community, but you also want people to have kind of arguments that aren't based upon generalizations or um, suspicion and that kind of thing. So, as a paper that does take a lot of writing from members of the community who submit it, that's something that I have to be very careful about. And it can be hard, uh, you know, for people who can just go on Facebook. And, and I think, I think that is a, I think that is a, a terrific point, but unfortunately we're up on our hard stop because we got to, uh, our uh, engineers got to put another show on in three minutes, but Leota Harriman, John Henry Doucette, thank you so much for joining us. We're, we've got to have you back. So I want to talk about um, uh, competing with uh, instantaneous social media media content, and all sorts of stuff. So for Gary Potterfield, I'm Merritt Hamilton-Allen. Please join us again next week on The Brand Ambassadors.
Thank you for tuning in this week to the Brand Ambassadors. Please join Merritt Hamilton Allen and Gary Potterfield for another edition next Friday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time and 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.